Hey, what's up, everybody? This is The Greatest Show on Dirt, Sunday, December 10th, 2017. And finally, 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 I've been waiting so long to record this episode. Maybe it'll be good, maybe it won't, but I think the content kind of speaks for itself. Giancarlo Stanton is about to be a New York Yankee, and Shohei Otani is a member of the Los Angeles Angels. That's what we will go over on today's episode of The Greatest Show on Dirt, live from the Sweet Bee Studios. Just want to say thanks for everybody for tuning in. It's been over a week since we've recorded anything, well, and there really hasn't been much going on. It's been utter confusion. I've explained. Here's how I sum up. Hot stove. The Major League Baseball offseason. It's so confusing. It's like trying to solve that little triangle thing when you go into Cracker Barrel when you're like eating all your food. And you know what I'm talking about, right? You go into Cracker Barrel, and at every table, they have the little triangle thing, and you've got to move the pegs, and then... It's got like a rating system on there where if you leave like one peg, you're a genius, two pegs, you're pretty smart, three, you're okay, and like four, you're a bumbling idiot, (laughs) right? MLB free agency, I'm like a five peg guy. (laughs) I have no idea what's going on. And so I tried to record about three different episodes over the past 10 days, and I couldn't say anything that would have been useful to anybody because I couldn't explain it. It was something different every time and it was all so confusing it was like calculus (laughs) i couldn't decipher anything because in one tweet stanton's gonna be a cardinal then someone else says he doesn't want to go to st louis then someone says he wants to go to la but then la's not interested and like i don't know what we do do we do an ass out hug an ass in hug is la interested or they're not interested but then if i show la that i'm interested then they won't be interested i don't know what it is is so scary um but you know it's what it is um, the hot stove just had me bonkers, man. It really did. Like I was, uh, I think it was Saturday. So I woke up Saturday morning and my brother texted me and really, I'd say over the span of about the past, maybe five or six days, me and him were debating on whether Giancarlo Stanton was going to go to the Cardinals or not. Cause we are both me and my brother, Illinois natives, even though we do have the same parents, he's a Cardinals fan and I'm a Cubs fan. And you know, it's been hard. It was really difficult living in Illinois and, you know, having an older brother who, uh, you know, beats you up on the regular and is a St. Louis Cardinals fan and then they continue to win and then your team continues to suck and then before you know it, you've got an alcohol habit that's out of control. But finally, the Cubs won in 2016 and over the past four or five days, we've been going on about, you know, Stanton going to St. Louis and not, of course, me adamant saying there's no way he's going to go. My brother's holding on to hope saying St. Louis is the best place for him to go, which would have been a great place for him to go. But when I when I woke up on like, I think it was midday Friday, maybe it was early morning Friday when Giancarlo Stanton said he was not interested in San Francisco or St. Louis, but was interested in the Chicago Cubs. Like I jumped for joy and made sure to text him ASAP to let him know that the best free agent, well, John Crow's technically not a free agent, but he might as well be the best guy on the market. He's a Cubs fan and not a Cardinals fan. I dug it. I really, really enjoyed it. But through the abyss, you know, I'm out of it after my Saturday morning, Friday night, like 12 hour binge. I came to ran around in my underwear like Ricky Bobby felt like I was on fire after I hyperventilated and my wife calmed me down. I was able to put some thoughts together and hopefully get into the show. You are listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt. I am accompanied by Brody, the Black Lab. He's right behind me. And here's what you have right now. Ken Rosenthal, I believe, was one of the first to report it, or John Heyman on Fan Rags. Might have been the very first to report it. I'm not too sure. But initially, we started with an approved framework for the 
Miami Marlins and the San Francisco Giants and the St. Louis Cardinals. So with the approved framework meant that all three teams had agreed with a trade to each other. And all this really depended on was John Carlos Stanton waving his no trade and saying, yeah, I'll go play there. And then what we what was reported later on after I think we knew the approved framework for about four days. We knew that thing was approved. And then after that time, John Carlos Stanton said, I don't want to go to play for either one of these teams. I'm not going to do it. But I do have an interest. So a lot of sources leaked out that he had an interest that he would wave for four teams on top of his list. Those were the Astros, the Cubs, the Yankees, and the Dodgers. Now, of course, the Dodgers, you feel like, well, okay, they're going to probably jump ahead on this. And it wasn't because they were on the radar really more than the other three teams, right? The four teams that Stanton named weren't on the radar at all. They weren't really, at least what we knew of, engaged in any active talks, but everyone would want to say that the Dodgers would have been the favorite in that because I think, you know, Jean-Carlo Stanton, that's the place he wanted to go. He went to high school like 15 minutes away from where the Dodgers play. But then, of course, he rejected the deals. Now, why did he reject the San Francisco Giants? That kind of seems self-explanatory. They were 64-98 last year. I don't believe the Giants have a strong farm system. Yeah, it's closer to home for Stanton, right, West Coast. So between the two teams, it was universally, the universal opinion was that given the Giants and the Cardinals, he'd probably choose the Giants. And even a lot of sources said that they saw no way he would ever approve for trade to the St. Louis Cardinals. But with the Giants being close to home, much further from winning, an aging core from their World Series runs, it doesn't seem like there would be an end in sight for the San Francisco Giants. I mean, they're going to be probably building back up for a couple of years. And we know he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. He wants to be in a stable franchise that's ready to win and that can win. And with all the all those variables with the aging core, they have a lot of questions on pitching. With you know, They'd signed Jeff Samarja and Johnny Cueto and... They were very underwhelming last year. Madison Bumgarner got hurt. I expect him to completely bounce back. And, you know, the Giants at the time were in the running for Shohei Otani. And, yeah, I would say that would have influenced it a little bit if Otani would have went to San Francisco. But it's not like that fills up a lot of those question marks on the team. But once apparently the Yankees caught wind of it, they were front runners on everybody. But, no, you know, Otani wouldn't have been enough. You know, if Otani would end up with the Giant. But then a lot of this kind of started to play off. And I feel like talks escalated when Otani said where he was going to go. And I think that kind of opened the way a little bit for Stanton, maybe more of his decision not to go to San Francisco. But I still don't think he goes to San Francisco either way, especially with the pieces that the Yankees had. Now, St. Louis, I said on the podcast quite a bit that I thought St. Louis is a place he should go. And I think I said that, you know, I have no idea actually why I said St. Louis is a place you should go. Like I've already admitted to you, I feel like I don't know anything about baseball anymore. I don't know anything about free agency. I don't know anything about anything. Like, I don't even know where the last week went, but I was pro St. Louis for the guy to go, right? From a career legacy standpoint, I liked him playing in St. Louis. I didn't personally like him in St. Louis, because I'm a Cubs fan, right? That would be disastrous for the NL Central if you've got a team in the NL Central that Giancarlo Stanton's going to bash against. But he didn't pick St. Louis, right? I feel, I don't think he'd want to play in the Midwest, first of all. Or, he said he'd play for Chicago. I don't think he'd want to play in St. Louis. This is a guy that's been in Miami, always lived on a coast. 
There's no way he was going to go play in St. Louis. There just wasn't. No, no matter how good they were, if the St. Louis Cardinals were predicted to win a World Series next year, I still don't think he goes to St. Louis. Just not him. I think Mathene, Mike Matheny's not known as a good coach. And let's face it, St. Louis does not have the stability they had five, six years ago. Right? They don't. Like, So they signed Dexter Fowler to a five-year, $82.5 million deal last year, and there are already rumors that they're going to shop him. Right? That doesn't tell me that there's a lot of direction on this team with their pitching. You've got Lance Lynn, who's a free agent. Mike Lee, who they traded. Yeah, Carlos Martinez can be your number one, but outside of pitching, it's all question marks. You've got some good pitching prospects. We don't know what they're going to turn into. And on top of that, I maybe five starters for the Cardinals last year were all sent to AA and AAA. Randall Grichik was sent down. Steven Piscotty, he was sent down. Alidmus Diaz, they already traded off. There are a lot of questions offensively as well. Granted, they put up good numbers. I think home run numbers. But, I mean, I don't think they were hitting that well with guys maybe in scoring position, whatever it was. They just weren't able to win games. Their bullpen is sketchy. The bullpen, yeah, the bullpen's just not ready. Pitching's unreliable. The Cardinals had no direction. Simply put, they just didn't have any direction. Then that was when, after he rejected, he said the four teams he'd go to, and when you saw the four teams, you realized, okay, he wants to be on a stable franchise that could win. The uh, Cubs, Astros, Yankees, and Dodgers. Now, you did see like the coast bias in those teams, but the two Midwest teams, the Rangers and the Cubs, it really did show that his main priorities, that he was willing to move off a coast as long as an organization, they had good processes behind him. So we felt obviously the Astros and the Cubs two of the best teams in baseball as far as their processes. But you can't argue with what the Yankees have done, nor really with the Dodgers, because those are two teams that have a ton of pieces, arguably more than what the Astros and the Cubs have. I think when it came to the Astros and the Yankees, well, the Yankees were just a year early, which I really think the Yankees were about two or three years early. But that's neither here nor there. They're moving well, and they're just a younger team than what the Astros are. Astros won a wild card in 2015. Yankees are good. And they've got good direction. Now, I talked to my brother about this through text, and he had mentioned that this was going to be bad for Stanton, kind of like from a player PR standpoint, because he said something about him alienating a lot of these teams, you know, refusing to go to him and stuff like that, and just leaving everything up in the air. And even, you know, maybe the Stanton situation felt like a little bit of a Kevin Durant situation. Him, He just wants to pick a winner and join him, right? But... One, this isn't the Kevin Durant situation. He's not going to the team that he lost to in the playoffs. But also, two, Giancarlo Stanton has earned this right. He's the highest paid player in all of Major League Baseball. He was arguably the best player in all of Major League Baseball last year, especially when he started to close up his stance. And I watched him hit a lot of balls, opposite field singles. I mean, guy hits 111 mile an hour singles. But he's at this point, you know, in the second half of the year, post-All-Star break, he added 130 slugging points, 10 on his batting average, and I think 30 on his on-base percentage. So he's still developing as a player, and in my opinion, he's earned the right to kind of pick where he could go because he earned the right to sign that original 13-year, $325 million deal and with that no-trade clause. And, you know, when you're that talented of a player, I think you deserve to be on the biggest stage. And... I'm glad he had the no-trade clause because, you know, if if you're a fan of baseball and you want to see the sport succeed and grow, you know, I love 
to talk baseball with other baseball fans. I, I just I love baseball. That's the whole reason why I started this podcast. Is I love the sport. I love the way it makes me feel. It makes me think of the past. Makes me think of the future. But more importantly, like the present of baseball, I think is great. And anything that can advance the present of baseball right now, I am all for. Whether it's my team or not, which is why I even had the open opinion of, like I was open-minded enough to say, hey, I could see him going to St. Louis because I think that would be good for the sport. You know, I'm looking at, uh, you know, I'm thinking of like 1998 in my head and you've got, oh, you've got like these two NL sluggers in 98 with Sosa and McGuire. Like, oh, what about like Stanton and Bryant? Like this could be huge, you know? Bryant had an off year last year. I would, I would love to see him swing in this division, right? Be great baseball to watch and it'd be good for the present of Major League Baseball. So that's one of the reasons why I think I feel that Giancarlo Stanton has earned this, and I don't feel in any way him wanting to be on a winner is any sort of Kevin Durant situation. Now I'm not even a big basketball fan, so I'm not here saying Kevin Durant's a good guy or a bad guy, but I do know Durant got a lot of negative PR, and I do think that any negative PR to Stanton, I think that would be completely unfair because as far as the sport's concerned and just making it fun for everyone, creating new fans and I mean, watching teams just, like, play meaningful games. I love Stanton having the choice and being able to put himself on a winning franchise, right? Who, you know, watching Giancarlo Stanton swing for the fences for the Marlins versus doing so for, like, the Yankees next year, that's a game changer. Sunday Night Baseball, Angels-Yankees, I mean, tell me, every game, Stanton 2, <laughs> or... Judge 2, Stanton 3, DD 4, Gary Sanchez 5. Listen, I've already coined the term on Twitter. Aaron Judge is the judge, right? <laughs> Giancarlo Stanton's the executioner. And then by the time you get to Gary Sanchez, you're looking at the third life term because this order, it never stops when it comes to bashing baseballs. DD Gregoria set a shortstop record last season. For home runs, literally, that's what it is. The judge, the executioner, the third life term. Because once a starting pitcher thinks this whole thing's over with, they've got, you know, you think you get past judge, then there's Stanton. You think you get past Stanton, yeah, you got Didi. You don't think Didi is like this crazy slugger. Any reports I've heard, they're like, oh my God, Sanchez, Stanton, judge, 144 combined home runs. Let's look at the list that all these other home runs hit, right? Like, those three guys combined for 144 home runs. Three guys, okay? The whole entire Giants team, 128 home runs. Pirates, 151. But listen to this. The Red Sox won the division last year. They hit 168 home runs total as a team. But these three guys hit 144, and Gary Sanchez was injured. He missed a big part of the year last year. If Gary Sanchez plays the whole year, I mean, they could have hit more than the Boston Red Sox, who won the entire division. But... I mean, you think Aditi, he hit, he was a 30 home run guy last year. I think he surpassed Jeter's shortstop record. And this is an order that's, I mean, I understand that pitchers probably wear like athletic cups to protect their junk, but they might want to wear diapers because these boys got to be peeing their pants. Like if they're, they wouldn't a pitcher, like what are you going to do when you're pitching in Yankee Stadium and you got Brett Gardner who can get on base? He's a hustler. And then you have to face Judge, Stanton, Didi, Gary Sanchez. You get up the list. You're going to have Glaber Torres on there, probably. Uh, Greg Bird, who's got a lot of upside, who I think will have a really good year this year. He dealt with some injuries last year. This thing's not going to let up. If you look, I can give you the whole order right here. 
the Yankees lineup is uh, you have Brett Gardner, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Didi Gregorius, Gary Sanchez, Greg Bird, Aaron Hicks, Ronald Torres is second, and then Chase Headley. But I think I think Labor Torres will make second base out of spring training. So if you look at that starting nine, you could have six legit all-stars. I mean six legit all-stars. You know, I'm not talking about getting voted in as a fan favorite. I'm talking about, like, these guys raking, bro. Raking like it's the first day of fall. Like, just raking. Completely ridiculous. <laughs> I think that's what the whole situation is. I mean, I just don't... There's no way there's going to be a lot of one, two, three first innings. I think pitchers are going to be scared out of their mind. No way. Like, if they're... Let's say they're 162 first innings in all baseball that the New York Yankees will play, right? They're 162 games in the year. I can figure this out. I can do math, right? What What's going to happen? At I'll mark my words. 162 first innings. I'm going to say how many of those will be one, two, three innings? Definitely less than half, right? So that's 81. So less than 81 of those innings will be one, two, three innings. I'm going to go ahead and say 50. 50 out of 162 games, those first innings will be one, two, three innings, right? Do you understand what I've just said here? Only 50 times out of 162 will the Yankees go down one, two, three in the first inning. How huge is that going to be? I believe that to be the case, number one. But number two, how huge is that if that's going to be the case, which I think it will, to get your pitchers an early lead where they can pitch a little more comfortable. I do not think the New York Yankees play from behind a lot. There's, I mean, there's just, I don't think it happens. I don't think it happens. They led the league with 241 home runs last year, and now they just added like 60. Carlos Stanton, I think he stays healthy all next year and hits more than 60 home runs. Now, before I get into his health, I want to go over this. The deal's going to be finalized, but it's going to be per a physical. So Giancarlo Stanton has to go. Yeah, he's got to get a physical. Now, I don't, that's, that's odd to me, right? So here's what the deal has. Giancarlo Stanton's going to be a Yankee. The Marlins get Starlin Castro. 27-year-old, bad 300 last year, missed a big portion of the year, but hit a career high in home runs. And then two, quote-unquote, middling, average, nothing special prospects. And then the Marlins are paying $30 million of Giancarlo Stanton's deal. So break this down in simple terms. Now that I've just battered it, new to a podcast... The Yankees have essentially picked up Giancarlo Stanton for 10 years and $265 million, average of $26.5 million a year. They had to give up Starling Castro, who they really don't need anyway. And they don't need Starling Castro because you've got Glaber Torres coming up, who is the stud that they got in the Aroldis Chapman deal when they sent Aroldis Chapman to the Cubs. And then the Yankees got Glaber Torres. He's... I think 20 right now, and he'll be your guy to play second, so they don't need Starling Cash. And the two prospects they got rid of were no way, shape, or form close to anyone in their core. So the Yankees have done a pretty good job. Now, let's talk about Stanton and talk about the fact that he doesn't play entire seasons a lot. He doesn't do it a lot. And they're going to have Stanton for 10 years, probably. I doubt 
I doubt Stanton's going to opt out of his deal unless... I mean, Stanton's value could go up. Like, I don't know if his value is going to be higher than what it is now. But if his opt-out is in maybe three years, I think 2021, I mean, if he still breaks out 59, 60 home run years, batting average goes up and he stays healthy, then undoubtedly he'll opt out because his value will increase. But that's a big question mark right now because of his durability. But, you know, he's had some freak injuries. I think he broke a wrist maybe getting hit by a pitch. He's had hamstring problems. Mike Fires hit him in the face at the end of 2014. But I think... Giancarlo Stanton is only 28 years old, even though he's been in the league for eight years, 257 career home runs. He's he's just now entering his prime and developing as a player. So when it comes to injuries and just being a kid, because he's a young guy, I think you're going to see a healthy Giancarlo Stanton next year and the three years after that. I wouldn't be surprised if he does opt out because he stayed healthy because he's produced big numbers similar to what he did in 2017, just because he's getting older and he's, he's playing, playing the game better. You get older, you play the game better. That's what happens. It's kind of like with Noah Syndergaard and his injury at the beginning of 2017. He got hurt because he was young and dumb. He got yoked in the offseason and tore his lat. That was a stupid, stupid move. And when you get a lot of these guys that spend a lot of their time in the gym, putting extra miles on their body so they can get extra miles out of their body. You know, you play with routines and you play with stuff and you might tweak stuff and get hurt. I really think that. It's back to Jonas Cespedes. He's hurt all the time. He's huge, but he's hurt all the time because I think it's just his regiment's just off. And there's no doubt in my mind, Jarko Stanton, he's just becoming a better player. And I expect him to stay healthy. So you look at this right now and you look at the deal, right, and everything I've just explained and... You know, you'll say, well, this is the best deal since sliced bread. Like, there's no way. Like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, the Yankees should have been in on this the whole entire time. But it's not, like, it's not just that easy. Like, you know, do we look at this deal five years from now and say, what were they thinking? Because they're going to have Stanton, 10 years, $265 million. That's the deal. But if you look at his numbers last year, and Giancarlo Stanton was like a true free agent right now, the fact that he could have been had for 10 at 265 is a phenomenal deal. Phenomenal. And you got him at 10 at 265. He's only 28, and I think he's going to continue to stay healthy. Right? A lot of people might not agree with that, saying things like, oh, the Yankees were doing so good, developing young players, and then now they went out and got a big name. Right? It's like when they signed CeCe Sabathia, and Mark Teixeira and A-Rod did these big deals and ended up really eating him at the end and paying for it, right? They paid Alex Rodriguez $21 million last year. An aging CeCe Sabathia, 22, CeCe pitched well last year, but you can factor in two, three years before that, and, you know, he had significant drop-offs. Mark Teixeira was a disaster, and they're still paying for Jacoby Ellsbury, so it was a relief, I would imagine, for possibly a lot of Yankees fans to see this Yankees team building their team off these young prospects and these data-driven processes. A lot of baseball writers, baseball scouts say when it comes to a data-driven, really intelligent team that the Yankees are up there. They're top. They're one of the tops, which is how intelligent they are on the back end of this thing. So then now to see the Yankees revert to, oh, they just spent $265 million on a guy who's not healthy all the time, but had a really great year last year 
well, we don't know if that's good or not, right? Well, one, it's good. There's no doubt about it. I do not think there's any chance that we look at this deal five years from now and say, oh, that was a bad idea, right? I think Giancarlo plays so good, I think he opts out. And then that's going to be the question at that point when he opts out at the end of 2021, when he's 31 years old and you're saying, okay, is that a good idea now? This what just happened is a phenomenal idea. Now let's pretend he doesn't opt out. Something happens, he just doesn't opt out and rides his contract. Right, here's some other 10-year deals that we're going to talk about. First, baseline. Giancarlo Stanton, 10 years, 265. When he begins playing for the Yankees, he's going to be 28, okay? Let's look at Albert Pujols. He signed 10 years at 240, a little less than what Giancarlo Stanton did. His first year as an Angel, he was 32 years old. Albert Pujols, his athleticism is in no way, shape, or form what Giancarlo Stanton's is right now. Albert Pujols was a phenomenal hitter, but he's kind of like Miguel Cabrera, right? These guys are good hitters, but physically, they're not built to last to mid to late 30s. They're just not. We're seeing the drop-offs in both players. Statistically, you know, when it comes to war and weighted runs created, Albert Pujols is like the worst player in the league of Major League Baseball. He's bad for the Los Angeles Angels. That's a bad sign for them, and they're paying for it now. To be honest with you, I don't think they may have gotten one good year out of Pujols when he signed his deal, and that's all they'll get. They will not get another good year out of Pujols. Robinson Cano, he signed 10 at 240, just like Albert. His first year in Seattle, he was 31. Miguel, eight years at 240. That's significantly a worse deal and a more expensive deal. Maybe not significantly more. Well, he's getting paid $25.50. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if you transfer Miggy's eight-year $240 million deal, add $50 million onto that, that's eight years at $290. Significantly worse than Stanton's deal. His first year that he signed that deal, how old was he when he played? 33. A-Rod, after he signed his 10-year deal at 275, 32. They're getting a better, younger... The Yankees, listen to this. The Yankees are getting a better and a younger Giancarlo Stanton right now than when they put A-Rod under his 10-year deal. And Giancarlo Stanton athletically is probably in better shape than he was when A-Rod was 28. Have you seen the guy on Facebook? He can do laundry with his abs. I hate him and I love him. Because, like, I want to look like Giancarlo Stanton, but I also want to eat biscuits and gravy while I try to solve the little triangle piece at Cracker Barrel. You can't eat your cake and have it, too. But, like, I'm just going to eat the cake, man. I don't care if I have it, but Giancarlo has it, man. And... I mean, you're getting Giancarlo Stanton for $10 million cheaper than what you signed A-Rod for. Oh my God, 10 years ago. A-Rod was signed in November of 07. You just picked up Giancarlo in December of 2017. You, holy crap. So 10 years ago, you paid more for an older A-Rod than what you did for a younger, more athletic Giancarlo. And if you're the Yankees, you're doing good. Brian Cashman, I don't know what game right? Brian Cashman's playing. He's like playing a game of Rochambeau, but the other teams don't get a chance to kick you. He is, look what he's done. This Giancarlo Stanton thing, it's a value. He got he got Giancarlo Stanton for a value. 10 years, 265. Only so we got 30 million, right, from the Marlins, and only having to give up Starlin Castro and two maybe average prospects, none of the core. I would have never thought that they could have got Giancarlo Stanton and kept Clint Frazier. I would have never thought that would have happened. I figured Clint would have had to have went just because. 
well, they're overloaded on the outfield, but I just kind of figured, like, they just would have had to give up a core somebody. No way they would ever give up Glaber Torres. So when you look at it, you might say, oh, well, maybe they give up a pitching prospect because they have a lot of pitching, but I don't really see that happening. But I figured, I didn't think Clint Frazier would make it. But the fact, in my opinion, that they got to keep Clint Frazier, who Brian Cashman has described Clint Frazier's bat as legendary. You got to keep that guy? You got Giancarlo Stanton for cheap, pal. I'm talking like cheap, like I just found Wedding Crashers at the DVD bin, and I'm buying it for a buck. Great movie, great price. Giancarlo Stanton, you got him. I love it. It's a smart investment. It really is. Where else to say from this? In 2017, here's what you're getting, Giancarlo Stanton. 59 bombs, 132 ribbies, 631 slugging. Those are all league leaders. He adopted his close stance in about July. Fee bats all next year with a close stance in hitter-friendly Yankee Stadium. Prediction, John Carlos Stanton stays healthy. John Carlos Stanton hits over 60 home runs next year. 60 or over. He hits at least 60. That's what it is. Greatest show on dirt. We're going to... I think we're going to take a break from this. We're going to go into uh, the Shohei Otani signing. He had his press conference yesterday, the Big A. So the Angels got him wearing number 17. So we'll go over that. You are listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt. 